to the Skeptic Wire. Yeah, because usually we come in and go, hello! 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 This is episode 100 of... Are you recording? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Because I really wouldn't want to repeat this. Are you sure? Oh, there we go. That was a great start, Gary. (laughs) Hello, we're ready and... Are you sure? sure? Usually I'm the guy pressing record, but... This is episode 100 of The Skeptic Wire. Yay! Yay! We've been doing it for almost a year. Uh, I'm your host, Gary Lawn, and with me, as per normal, are, to my right, Donna Swafford. Hello. And to my left, Greg Perrine. I am the very model of a modern major general. No, you're not. No, you're not. You yeah. have a beard. <laughs> and a gut. And long hippie hair, okay. And long hippie, yes, indeed. Uh, we're going live for a hundredth. Yay, so thanks for all of you for coming out and joining us. So hopefully we're not, you can hear, and we're not blowing you out, because uh, unlike... Uh, Conventions, we, we're doing this all ourselves and providing our own sound reinforcement, as you heard from our lovely theme song played through the iPod. <laughs> oh, like the famous ones have never just hold up a player to nah, a never. microphone. No, nah, they usually have live bands. <laughs> you know, I think we need our own band. We have our own we band. We have our own band, me and Gary. No, <laughs> I mean like a real like 70-piece orchestra behind us. So. Oh. Just no. saying. Yeah, that wouldn't work here. But that's okay. So an interesting fact about the Skeptic Wire theme song is uh, it says, there's a voice that says, Welcome to the Skeptic Wire, and then in Morse code, it also says, Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. So the melody is going... Yeah. So that's how nerdy I am. But that's mainly because one of our the, the main picture of us is a... Uh, it's a Morse code, whatever that thing is. I don't remember. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, Gary. The picture. The telegraph thingy. Oh, the telegraph. Telegraph. Our icon is a telegraph, and yeah, okay, yes. Brilliant. I can see why we reached 100 shows because this is stellar stuff. Because we're too stupid to stop. All right, so we have a birthday. Well, besides. 100 episodes. Yay! It's not really a birthday. That would be our two-year anniversary. Well, for our 100th episode, I, before I get to the birthdays, I wanted to do something a little special for us to celebrate the fact that we've been, do, been able to do this for 100 episodes and that we've kind of stuck through it for this long. So I have a gift for, well, myself and my two fellow <laughs> podcasters. My guess is not liquor. <laughs> no, it is not liquor. Drugs? No, not drugs. <laughs> it's a little black box. <laughs> no, it is not something from AdamNeve.com. Okay. Ah, it is, is so actually cool. any something from SurlyRamix.com. Oh, right on. Uh, we I custom ordered a few months ago a uh, ceramic pendant from Surly Amy of SurlyRamix.com of our Skeptic Wire logo, and um, I just thought I'd give this to you guys to thank you guys for 100 episodes of fun and let us have another 1,000 episodes of fun because we're just that insane. Yep. And Too we... dumb to quit. Yes. <laughs> that should be our t-shirt now. Too well, dumb thank to you quit. very much, Greg. 
Thank you. And we're sorry. And we Surly didn't from Surly anything. Remix. What's her name? Amy. Surly Amy. Surly Amy. Surly Amy. Surly Amy. Surly Amy. She does not sponsor this podcast, but she's <laughs> no awesome. No one sponsors this podcast. Well, we haven't gotten around to asking a certain adult website if they would sponsor us. True. Um, but we've got another hundred episodes to ask them to sponsor <laughs> us. Yes, we're just hoping they'll stumble on us one time. Sure. Yes. Oh, good point. And then we can do a Christmas episode resu- re- reviewing our favorite skeptical sex toys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what, what would that be? Uh, name uh, one skeptical sex toy. Um. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone say rabbit. Because <laughs> that's also that's you, also a, uh, a, a wine opener. It, it can be kind of a that. blind watchmaker argument. <laughs> a blind vibrator maker argument. So yes, a, a rabbit. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, moving on. Do we have any birthdays? <laughs> yes, we do have a birthday today. Donna, you had mentioned at some point that you thought you knew whose birthday it was today. I did. I don't really remember. Okay. Well, uh, do you guys know who was born today? On... I know someone that died. Who died? Uh, uh, Dwayne Gish. Best they, known from the Gish Gallop. I think he died yesterday, but yes. I learned about it today. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. He's a, a creationist who uh, was known for not attacking an argument, but just throwing out uh, different ideas in the hopes that the person he was debating with wouldn't be able to respond to all of it. And then he would say, see, you didn't respond to everything. I won the argument. Exactly. Then. Yeah. So rest in peace, I suppose. But he was in his 90s, so he lived a, a rich raw, and full life. life. Yes. <laughs> well, defying tradition, we are going with someone today, March 6th, who has a birthday today who is still alive. Yay! That's Yay. like two in, a, two in a row. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So do you, does anybody know who was born today in 1937? I have See, this is where Gary can edit it, Sounds of Crickets. <laughs> I have no so idea. Like talking, and, they'll, and they'll have reverberating crickets because it's a nice bouncy room. Yeah, I think it's uh, we'll just enhance the sound of people talking amongst themselves. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so clue, clue number one, Vostok six. Oh, um, um, the Vostok six is a is a rocket, is it not, or satellite? You're satellite. you're warm. Or is it the first communication You'd be even satellite? warmer if I call it up to you, but that's something else entirely. <laughs> um, I n- now have an idea. Who do you think it is? Uh, it's Valentina's, whatever her last name is, that I can't remember, the first woman in space? Yes. Holy. I think that's Yay. that's like two podcasts in a row that Donna has guessed pretty much off the bat. No, no, no. I got the I last did have one. To have the, I did have to have the clue. I have to cool. So this is not like a, the first dog in space. This is this is the first woman in space. First period. female in space. So uh, Yuri Gregarian was 1961. A couple a uh, year later, someone got into their idea that we should have women go up to space and see if they react the same way to space. So they had. <laughs> and I'm gonna be sexist. I, I really wish seriously. That was a joke. That's part of her I mission really... was to do experiments on herself to see if she reacted the same way to space than men did. Yes, like a... Yes. Like I said, I really wish that was a joke. 
I'm, I don't know what the experiments would actually entail but with female anatomy yeah, or place something. It, place but. it in its time, though. I mean, the, uh, what, the 60s? Yeah. Right? So. I know. It's a very misogynistic decade. And they were <laughs> Russian, which are. Even worse. Yeah. But by, at that. by 19. With all the respect, Misha. <laughs> By 1963, the Russians had launched their first woman in space. And we didn't until, what, 1980? Uh, 1983, Sally Ride. So basically, 20 years later, we (laughs) Americans caught up. But um, she she just went on the one mission. Um, It took Russia another 18 years or so to launch another woman. But she was honored as a a heroine of the homeland and... um, she got involved in the actual Communist Party itself. She was also part of kind well, of a Russian ambassador for I th- female I think issues. She, she wouldn't have any choice. Right, because, <laughs> yes. I mean, in, in regards to Soviet culture, which, let's not call it Russian, it was Soviet. Yes. You couldn't do anything unless you were a member of the Communist Party. I mean, you, you couldn't... But you she, wouldn't even advance in your job. But she was actually part of, like, the committees... That that the stuff that yeah, organized again, stuff, yeah. You wouldn't have much of a choice if you wanted to. Right, it's stay alive. it was. Yes, I, I understand, but she wasn't just a bricklayer who also happened to be a member yeah, she, of, of, of. She was the first bricklaying Russian woman in space. <laughs> no, she was actually a textile factory worker, and that was oh. part of the reason why they wanted to pick someone like her, who was more part of the proletariat kind huh. of thing. Less less likely to miss her. <laughs> not 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 that they want to get rid of her. It was more that she was part of the common people, and that was part of the meme of Russia. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. They could they could send a, a, a person of the of the earth, salt of the earth type of person. Exactly, and it's no. It and was not a one way mission where they sent a monkey into space and then had a different monkey when it came back, like Iran just did. Right. It was okay. the same person. Are we sure? <laughs> Pretty sure. Oh, I'm the just conspiracies saying, abound. A, yeah, could be a conspiracy. Are you really sure? So, yeah, okay, Valentina Tereshkova. Tereshkova, yes. Born today, March 6, 1937, and a hero of the fatherland. Wait, is Russia the fatherland? No, it's the motherland. Yeah. There was Mother something here Russia. about fatherland. Fatherland would be Germany. Yes. The fatherland. Well, it's a <laughs> Gary. I don't know if I need to explain this to you, but everybody has a mother and a fatherland. That's how the no. birds and the bees work. This is, but this is not how uh, geography works. Donna, pull up at enemy.com again on the <laughs> on the laptop. In fact, we, I, I just I just learned the birds and the bees last week. All right. So, what's our next topic? <laughs> Well, I think looking at the big board, which got so nice to see the big board back. I know, isn't it great? Um, we, can, we can see what uh, we we have. You're to making talk about. me feel all inadequate, but that I don't have a big board at my house. We could write on the wall. No. <laughs> it, anyway, well, according to the latest news, because I, I don't think the pu- paper has been published yet, but it looks like a child in Mississippi. Mississippi? Yes. A Mississippian child. Has been cured of AIDS. Cured of HIV. Hold on. H- yeah. let, yes. let me 
for those who are not in the know, AIDS is a the extension of the HIV virus once you've reached a certain T-load. So, T-load? Yeah, it's your um, T-cell virus. It's once a T-cell. T- oh, okay. Once your T-cells have reached a certain level, then Does it becomes AIDS. Does that have anything AIDS. to do with the tea party? No. <laughs> okay. Has nothing to do with the tea party. Cricket. So it's because not, it's not AIDS, cells of tea party members because, because invading your bodily fluids. Right, because this AIDS wasn't, take AIDS a wasn't really around. Time if Gary keeps AIDS doing wasn't that. around in Boston circa 1770. Okay. And AIDS uh, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. syndrome. Yes. So AIDS is a byproduct of the HIV virus attacking your cells. Yes. Okay. If you believe what they want you to tell. No. If you believe in <laughs> big ants. science and big pharma. Right. We're so. going ha- to have the rest of this conversation assuming that <laughs> HIV is not a fake virus that was made up by conspiracies of the CIA and all that kind of stuff. We're going right. to assume that or the HIV... Or trying to take over the world. Yes. We're, we're going to assume that <laughs> HIV causes AIDS. It is a real thing. Right. I know that's madness, but... So, a child has supposedly been cured of AIDS. Supposedly. HIV. <laughs> HIV. Yes. So, why don't I speak so Gary can kind of reset, turn on, turn off again. Um, in <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that one either. Um, so, in, tell us what happened. In mid-2010, a uh, mother came to um, the medical center in Mississippi, and um, she had a kid prematurely. The medical center. At 35 weeks old. Um and during the labor, the mother tested positive for HIV. Now, they didn't know she was HIV. She hadn't had any prenatal treatment at all. So um, the baby was at a very, very high risk for uh, contracting uh, HIV. See, I caught myself from saying contracting AIDS. Right. Now, babies don't usually contract HIV because they're protected by, by the placental wall, Right. Most of the time, yes. A healthy placenta with its kind of barrier between mother and child will <laughs> prevent the various... <laughs> uh, talking about placentas or viruses or all of it? Either. Yes. That would Sorry, be an Bob. affirmative ghostwriter. <laughs> Normally, a baby does not directly catch it from its mother. Normally, it's, it's during the actual labor process right, because things are traumatic. And there's... Bloody... Stuff. I, I was just going to say stuff. Everywhere. Um. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to just uh, speak euphemistically now, yeah. from now on. So <laughs> here in the first world, normally, um, if a mother is known to have HIV, the um, she will be treated with uh, prophylactic uh, treatments of anti-HIV, anti-retroviral therapy type stuff. Right. And um, to prevent transmission, but also to keep it suppressed in the mother. Normally, they'll deliver the baby by cesarean, whether or not there's problems with birth or not, to prevent transmission through the trauma of childbirth passage. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to euphemize everything here, and it's not working. Um, no. And also, uh, a baby can often catch HIV through breastfeeding. So in the first world, a lot of that is done to prevent transmission, so much so that it prevents 98% of transmission from baby to mother, uh, from mother to baby. That's the right way around. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, Those evil this mother is not one of that 
98% that was prevented because she didn't get any prenatal care. So there's a advertisement for getting prenatal care. Yeah. If you can, hopefully you can afford it or just go to a free clinic. So when this mother was giving birth, it was like I, the baby was really risky for either catching it, having caught it in utero or catching it during birth because it was too late to give any preventative drugs to the mother. So as soon as the baby was born, they they drew some blood and started testing it for uh, the DNA and the RNA fragments from AIDS, from HIV, because a baby still has antibodies left over from the mother. Yes. So usually you can't tell whether or not the baby has the antibodies or not from themselves because they still have stuff left over from mom. Correct. In this case, they tested for the viral load and said, oh, my goodness, this baby is HIV positive. Right. It Normally, was fairly low. but Yeah, it was low, but it was there. Normally what happens, at least the procedure, is if they find out a baby has contracted it, they wait for a couple tests, which could take weeks, and then start dosing the child once they've confirmed a diagnosis. In this case, they said, screw it, she's really a high-risk category, and they gave her full-on treatment, not not just prophylactic, uh, prophylactic preventative, but full-on therapeutic doses of the three-dose cocktail kind of full-on wallop. Which, which is what uh, you're supposed to do if you get... They have it in, in hospitals where if you do get um, cut... While dealing with an HIV positive, or working in a in a HIV research lab, right. or so they they've got these stuff that you can actually take immediately after, and it's supposed to suppress it immediately. Which we all know of, from having watched that episode of House. It, uh, <laughs> that's a very generic statement, and I will uh, not agree with that. <laughs> okay, not fine. I've ever seen an episode of House. We, it's a live show. We won't come to blows. <laughs> we won't beat each other up. Yes, every time we do a show, we, we cut out all the parts where we have arguments because... It's very violent. Yes. I'm just glad I don't have a black eye for the show tonight. No, you fell down the stairs. <laughs> wow, this got dark. Stop walking into doors. Who, who'd have thought that a conversation about HIV and a baby could get darker? It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad. Okay. No, 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 this is a happy story about Hold on. HIV. Yes. <laughs> Greg... You're surprised that our stories got darker. Have you not well, we learned anything <laughs> no, after we're, we're 99 previous dark. episodes? We were supposed to be on best behavior talking about AIDS in a restaurant. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. <laughs> Moving forward. All right. So, so they gave the, the child who they have not identified... Correct for, for protection uh, of the of the child and the family um, for about what eighteen months yeah they or so? for about yeah. eighteen months they were treating the kid and the first month they tested the kid five different times and each time they came back saying yes it has a viral load of our of HIV keep dosing keep dosing keep dosing after a month that viral load dropped down to almost non-existent right. undetectable levels. So that's what normally happens when you treat someone for HIV with this cocktail, is you blast them with throwing a pen at it. Apparently, um, you blast the, the baby. The pen is mightier than this. You one. blast the the human body with so many um, HIV targeting drugs that some of them should work on almost all of the strains to just do a full frontal assault on the HIV. 
and normally that beats down the HIV to a negligible level where it's not transmissible, it doesn't affect you that much, and people live on that until it mutates. And then they change drugs and keep going with that. Well, they, they did this for the baby for, for a good 18 months, and for whatever reason, it, it was never specified in the articles, the mother stopped coming to the clinic for treatment. So after 18 months, the baby was not getting these drugs. And it took the researchers either either five or so months to find the, them, or it took them five months to notice or whatever. But five months later, when the baby was about 23, 24 months old, they went and found the mother and baby and said, let's bring you in. I know it's been a while. Let's test. Let's see what we can do. And they expected... In normally in these circumstances, when someone has HIV positive, the HIV kind of stores itself away in the body, in the T cell, in the uh, white blood cells, and lurks for a while. And then when it's not being treated by drugs, it comes roaring back. In this case, they tested the baby at 23 months, expecting them to have a high viral load, and nothing. Nothing. Nada. Zilch. Nothing at all. Well, not quite zilch. Yeah, yeah, they, I, I believe that there was detection of some cells, but it, it wasn't as a significant. They, it, on the on the normal test, it came back that they couldn't detect it, so they went in and they and did, did a, a super a sensitive, deeper, deeper test, and they found that it did have the RNA and some DNA fragments, but um, it wasn't in a form that had uh, gone into the cell and it couldn't replicate, which is cool. Right. They they contacted some people who had a grant from, hold on, what is it, the American Foundation for AIDS Research, AMFAR, and said, we just found this kid who stopped antiretroviral treatment and is not showing any load of the virus. Help us test this because this could be good. So they did a lot of, like Gary said, more sensitive tests, including things like taking the baby's blood and taking other white blood cells, which is normally what AIDS infects, and mixing them together and seeing if those white blood cells got infected in in a, a petri dish type environment. Sort of like sort of like the thing. Yes, exactly like the thing, except yeah. it didn't roar up and go. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't scare the crap out of you. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I I, right. I do think that one thing that we also need to touch on though is the fact that this is not. I, I'm going to use air quotes here, and I hate this. We have not an audience. The, you can do live air quotes now. Not the first case of, of AIDS cure. Correct. You know, because there there was the guy that had the um, bone marrow transplant, uh, was diagnosed with leukemia, got a bone marrow transplant while HIV positive, and now shows no viral load. Yeah. The, the donor was genetically um, resistant to HIV. Right. And because bone marrow is what makes the white blood cells, the the recipient had those resistant white blood cells, so the AIDS couldn't catch hold to the body. And his name was Timothy Brown, the Berlin patient. The Berlin yeah. patient. Hi. The. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go through all the languages, okay? No, that's fine. Do we? We? What? See? No, we can stop now. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. 
so that's that's basically the story. We you that's know that's pretty cool because they 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 did all the tests to make sure. Well, we expect the baby to have HIV. They they did the full on treatment earlier than they normally would, and yeah. that seems to be the big variable yeah. that they instead of waiting. The six to you know six weeks sometimes yeah, to put the baby it. on medication, they did it right within yeah. 30 hours of birth. Yeah. So. Which is interesting because uh, most of these drugs have some severe side effects. Yeah, very severe. So it'd be interesting to see how the uh, child responds because uh, I don't I don't think they've put a put the child back on it. No, they left it they, off. They haven't found it. So. Of course, children are very resilient, <laughs> so it may not do hardly any damage at all. But considering right. the conspiracy theorists and the <laughs> anti-vaccination crew where just a little bit of mercury can cause all kinds of problems, um, putting this amount of drugs into a child will be interesting to see what happens. That's, that's normally why they wait for a, a few weeks in order to get a full-on di- uh, confirmed diagnosis of HIV. Before they put someone on these drugs, because they they are very toxic, very yeah. strong. But in this case, they deemed it risky enough that they said, "Let's put the baby on on these antiretroviral drugs until until we get a confirmation because yes or no." It's the it and was, then we'll it was drop the balance. Well, going. yeah, but it was a yeah. balance on should they do it or should they not, and it, they thought that doing it is better for the child than not. Right. So obviously, this Tough the call. doctor. Um, who was it? Pamela. Pamela Gay. No, no, Hannah no. Gay. Pamela Gay would be the uh, Pamela Gay's the astronomer. This is Dr. Hannah Gay. <laughs> I got the That's last okay. name right. <laughs> Been a long day. Yep. So what I found interesting is the hypothesis that they had on this of why the baby didn't get um, reinfected, essentially, after they start stopped on the, the drugs, is the idea that uh, when a baby is first born, their immune system is still suppressed from having been inside the mother and not trying to attack the mother's cells. Right. So for a while, the baby's immune system is at a low kind of hum level where they're not responding very heavily to everything. Right, so the HIV can't attack it because it doesn't have a lot of white blood cells. Well, yeah, they're, they are, are white blood cells, but they're not a lot of them, and the immune response is essentially... One white blood cell says, holy crap, there's something bad here. And, and it sends out these little chemicals. I think it's cytokines. It literally says that. Or something like that. Yes, literally says, holy crap, there's something bad here. And sends out these little proteins to the in the bloodstream, and the rest of those cells come and congregate and say, we'll get in on this, we'll attack with you, roar, hoorah, or some kind of marine kind of phrase. It's a whole reproduction of Full Metal Jacket. It's amazing. Complete with dancing girls. So all these white blood cells come and attack whatever is there, and munch, 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 and then yay, hopefully. I don't think dancing girls were in gone. Full Metal Jacket. They were in uh, Apocalypse Now. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess I'm remembering entirely wrong. <laughs> but the important thing is napalm happens. The, the, the white blood cells come and attack and go boom. But what happens is That's HIV. Yeah, this metaphor is kind of going <laughs> off the rails. But yeah. so imagine it's it's HIV. Hold on, is kind of like um, uh, an ambush of Vietnamese soldiers where they lure um, other soldiers in with a wounded soldier, 
So they lure in those other cells now. and then attack. Okay. Just, and then reproduce, reproduce, reproduce. Stop, Greg. Just, just step just away stop. from the metaphor. <laughs> Put down the metaphor. So it just so happens because... The analogy isn't worth it, man. Because HIV targets the white blood cells, when all these other white blood cells come to attack whatever is happening here, the AIDS vir- the HIV virus has more opportunity to replicate which means there's even more viruses it's in the body. It's more like the last starfighter. Yes. Where it goes into that blossom thing. Exactly. No, <laughs> no I'm going to disagree with you. No, the HIV... Okay. Yes. I think it's a more apt expression than the whole <laughs> Vietnam War thing you're talking about. Well, okay, yes. You know. All right, it's it's more like um, <laughs> just stop, move just stop, on. please. Like Mel Brooks, step over. no, Mel Brooks, step. the producers. I can make this work. No, you can't. Okay, our audience is not laughing with you; they're laughing at you. I'm used to that. <laughs> you shouldn't have all laughed okay, well, we should, we as heavily at that last one. <laughs> We'll, so we'll the, 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 the point being that eyes. HIV takes advantage of the body's immune response, but because a baby doesn't have a big immune response, the HIV virus can't basically store itself in the white blood cells that it infects and just kind of sits there. And the reason why HIV is so hard to attack with antiretroviral drugs is it can attach, it can kill the viruses that are out floating around in the bloodstream. But the HIV virus that just sits there quietly within a white blood cell sits there like a time bomb, just waiting. So when things die down immune-wise, it goes kablooey, more of HIV virus, and then shuts down and stores itself for a while. Right. Right. So HIV in a a newborn is like a dementor at a children's party. Yes. Sure. Okay. You get that? Everybody get that? You get that one. Okay. So in this case, it may be the, that the early action of the one-two punch of a baby having a, a immature immune system and the drugs all kind of this one-two punch for goodness. to stop the HIV from taking hold so that the drugs could actually just wipe it out. But this may be a unique occurrence, and it doesn't help with adults who their white blood cells attack immediately and right. get infected immediately, and it can sit there and take hold. Yeah, this is um, what I was saying was an N equals one. They have one case study, and so they don't know yeah. if it's going to right. there's, there's expand a lot of, to more people. There's a lot of unanswered questions. I mean, we medical science is going to have to follow this child for the next 50 years, flat out. That's After 51 years, uh, who cares? But in addition, <laughs> um, healthcare. you know, because you really can't go out and replicate this yeah, that would sort be unethical. of perfect storm <laughs> event. Because that's really what it is. It's a perfect storm yeah. of, you know, the no prenatal care, the the quick diagnosis, the ability to have tested, you know, with the the uber-sensitive testing. But also the having been born in a, in a hospital where they have access to the AZT treatment and, and all of that. Right. Because that, that's not quite so, common everywhere either. You know, my biggest worry is, is that people are going to jump on this and go, look, here, we've got this cure. But 
it's not going to reach the people who need it the most. Right. And the people that need it the most are the ones in Africa who have little to no access to this drug. And this this type of thing is going to cause that drug to go up in price. Somebody's going to make... Maybe. You know... Okay, maybe I'm the skeptical one here. <laughs> it's a little cynical. bit more on the cynical side, yeah. Cynical, skeptical. You say tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> no, those are two different things. <laughs> no, that, no. Tomatoes and tomatoes are the same thing, but cynical and skeptical are two different things. Yeah, it's, it's in, in the third world, it's hard enough to get the antiretroviral drugs in the first place, but to test early, to yeah, keep people on it, to fight the black market, I agree, it's just... But this might this might spur on some development, so we can hope. Not in the current climate, but <laughs> I'm going to say, okay, Sweet. let's let's take a look at acetaminophen and what that did. That helped wipe out the rainforest. Okay, so maybe I am skeptical here, <laughs> cynical. Sorry, you know, you find a, you find a drug Good for headaches, though. Right, you find a drug that you can you can make for ten cents on the dollar and sell it for five dollars. And, you know, cures a headache. Imagine what the race for an AIDS cure is doing. It's going to raise the price. And, like I said, the people who need it will not be able to get it. But it could be more American jobs. (laughs) I hadn't done an accent yet. I think we're done with this topic. Shall we move on? (laughs) Are we we done with this? I, I guess, sure. Yeah. Well, like I said, though, I mean, there's still a lot to learn from it. There, there's, there's. Just out of curiosity, is anybody in the audience like to come up and yeah, say anything to join in? Yeah, does anybody have a in? comment, question, war story? Uh, we do have comments, microphone questions? number four. Well, uh, oh, is this going to be a random comment or <laughs> die? Okay, <laughs> I have been asked to explain the acetaminophen rainforest wipeout. Basically, what happened is, is that when they discovered the tree that acetaminophen came from, all of a sudden it became, um, how shall we say? Um, overforested? Overforested. And that's part of why the rainforest in, in um, Central and South America has been depleted so much. In addition, other drugs have been discovered there. So... It's not just they're chopping down the trees. It's not just they're chopping down the trees for deforestation. They're, I mean, the people who are chopping them down use them for everything, but they're just deciding not to replace it. (laughs) And when an almighty buck can be made, well... It is made. Yes, it is. There you go. Does that answer your question? (laughs) And since this is a skeptical podcast, if you don't believe us, please Google it. <laughs> and 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 if we're wrong, send an email to Donna. It's no. <laughs> skepticwire at gmail.com. Which doesn't exist. Did we, did, we, did we thank Bob, by the way? No, I don't think we have thanked I think, I think Bob. we have to thank Bob. Bob. Big Bob. Bob. We'd like to thank you for uh, hosting us. <laughs> Not at the moment, thank you. Wait, oh, you? Oh, hold No, I'm fine. And I misspoke. <laughs> it was not acetaminophen. It's aspirin and paracetamol. Paracetamol. I can't pronounce this. Paracetamol. 
paracetamol? Paracetamol. No, not medicine. Metasol. Oh, yeah. yes. Apparently, I'm not I, saying anything bad about this. Right. But those are the ones that are in the rainforest that, you know. Thank you. Is that where IKEA makes its furniture? What? <laughs> Good point. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna move on. Usually, we we take a, a real quick break as we try and figure out what the heck we're gonna talk about next. But now we'll just cut that out of the show. Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> apparently, we're gonna talk about space stuff. Space stuff. There's some really cool space stuff happening. There's a lot of different things going on. Yeah, but, but so a, a couple weeks ago, as everybody knows, because it was an awesome story, um, a big old rock came down and exploded over Russia. Everybody remember that? It was the meteor that came down and went kaboom. Wait, wait. Did it, was it a rock or was it a UFO that was shot down by the Russian military? Well. <laughs> depends on who you depends ask. Depends on who you talk to. Um, Alexander uh, Komenev. A, a sane person or an insane person? <laughs> I'm guessing insane, but that's just my personal preference. Um, you say Alexander- tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> well, But an insane person wouldn't. How do you know? I'm just extrapolating. We've got a, a guy in Russia from the Russian UFO community in Yakurinsburg. I'm never going to pronounce that right. Fortunately, um, we don't have any Russian listeners who are going to call us. <laughs> actually, us. actually, we do have a Russian linguist in our studio audience. A linguist, but not a listener. <laughs> yes. So this guy named Alexander Komenev um, is convinced by looking at videos of the rock, the meteorite coming down over Russia, that he can see a little f- gray blob chasing after the main blob, and he's convinced that's a UFO which was following the meteor in to blow it up to, uh, I guess, apparently protect the Russians from it, despite the fact that it blowing up blew out windows, injured a whole bunch of people. and it could have been worse. True. You know, that's, I, I guess that's that, the that hypothesis. That UFO could have landed you, and killed cows. Do you know how hard I'm resisting making a Sarah Palin joke right now? I just want it noted. <laughs> <laughs> I am resisting the Sarah Palin joke. <laughs> it's kind of gray. I, got, uh, I mean, this is a black and white picture I have here, but you have the streak with the the meteor at the head of it, and right there, it's a little smudge. It could have... I mean, it, this is just a still photo. kind of looks like an SM58 mic coming into the... <laughs> but it doesn't actually look like anything. It's a little blob, and, and this is pretty it, much par for the course for any UFO footage. It's I'm, some little blob that you can't I th- really identify. I think it's, a, it's, it's Bigfoot in a plane. I was going to say, <laughs> that looks like somebody rubbed snot on a piece of paper and just went, bleh. <laughs> well, I did, but that was after I printed out the paper. Okay, then. Yeah. Okay. That joke but, didn't go over that well. Okay, so someone thinks a UFO, it's not. It was yeah. definitely a... Uh, and, meteor and and this, but this was after Vladimir uh, Zerovinsky. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, a parliament member in Russia who was convinced that the meteor was actually the United States testing weapons on Russia. Sure, I can see that. Now, uh, unfortunately, in Russia, because know. they spent so long being lied to about everything, mm. 
the I guess the knee-jerk reaction is to not believe the official story. Well, I mean, if it shows up in Pravda, it's probably true, because yeah. doesn't Pravda mean truth? Yes, it does. Yeah, I, I don't know. Da. Da. <laughs> <laughs> but it, apparently, at least a lot of people in Russia actually believe that this was a meteor and not a UFO and not the United States testing weapons. But there's always going to be some crank who... Oh, sure. Thinks it's... Well, speaking of, we, we, we have uh, some new stuff coming into the solar system. Uh, we have a comet that's going to be... It's already in the solar system. Visible tomorrow it is night. System. Isn't okay. it visible tomorrow night? On the 7th, yeah, supposedly. It's been, it's been visible in the southern hemisphere, and it's grown a tail. And it is should be visible like me. tomorrow night. We don't want to know what you do with your tail, Greg. We don't yes. want to know what you, you do with that tail. <laughs> well, I grew the tail after we shared a room together at the TFC a couple of years ago. Oh, God. We Hey, it's we took a vow. It's and everything. It can pick up... <laughs> Greg, what? we took a vow to never speak of that night ever again. <laughs> well, certain aspects... We took a vow. Yeah, definitely vow. we're not going to talk about, but the fact that we sh- we all shared a room, that's, that's public knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, so this comet that they we discovered have, have a, uh, yeah, yeah. is is going to be a, visible for a few days, and then for a month. For a month? Yes. It's oh, going to cool. be visible for um, the rest of March, and, and then it should exit, and we won't see it for another hundred. Do we know what years. what time of night and what um, what part after of the sky? Sunset starting on. 7th of March, it's going to be going around the moon, basically, uh, as it looks like in the sky. Cool. So, so has go any- out and take a look, if you can. Has anybody assumed that this was a um, a portent for anything bad happening? That one, one, no. However, we have another one coming in at the end of the year. Oh, goody! In October, I believe. Nope. Yeah, it should be in October. So the, the the two comments coming in, we do have some nutbags saying that it is a portent of Planet X coming into our solar system. And it, actually, and an entire solar system coming in. These are just the, the precursors of the solar system coming into our solar system. So it's the outer debris of another solar system yes. that eventually Planet X and its invisible sun are going to hit us? Or cross through our solar system? Yeah, pretty much. Very exciting, don't you think? It would be if it were true, but it probably is not. Uh, no, that would be not be true, yes. I, well, I, a, I mean, there's things like the Russian meteor from a couple weeks ago took everybody su- by surprise, but I think astronomers would probably be able to see a, see a big old planet and a sun. Yeah. Uh, Another they, they, solar system hitting us, we'd kind of see that. We yeah. would hope. From way off. Yeah, we'd but, hope uh, they'd see it, but they might not tell us because you know they might be planning that that secret thing where they're going to only take you know two hundred people in the spaceship, you know, save the best of humanity and just let the rest of us die. Oh, Donna, you didn't get your ticket to the ship. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said anything about that. Our Surly Ramek should get us in. <laughs> <laughs> If nothing else, will be needed for comic relief. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to have two comments this year. 
Um, and both of them should be visible to the naked eye with the, with the tails. But there's, if, there's one going to be brighter than the moon. Yes. Is that the one that's... So there's one towards the end of the year that's going to be brighter than the moon, and then there, there's... Well, there, it's, another it's hard one that's, to predict. But they're saying that both of these are fairly new comets. Right. Um, so they should be large. They should be putting off a lot of gas. And... Uh, oh, you're not going to say anything about that? Okay. <laughs> Like me, and uh, and one one is also getting close to Mars in 2014. Right, is that? Um, but not this year. Comet C 2013A1, the one that might so. hit Mars. Yes. Cool. Or very close to it. So eh, it's it's kind of an exciting time to be alive. So if if if, if a comet hit Mars was going to hit Mars in 2014, that might give us enough time to send a couple more satellites or probes to really be able to observe this really well. Sure. Because, you know, like Meteor Crater and Tunguska, we didn't have a lot of visual stuff, but if we were able to see something hit Mars, first of all, it wouldn't hit any people, so we could just go, hey, cool. It it hit Curiosity. Curiosity's people. Mohawk guy. Not really. (laughs) It has a personality. It tweets. It's more like uh, an affectionate puppy. Like me. My, 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 my puppies can't drill. They don't have lasers attached to their frickin' heads. Are we still talking about puppies or your testicles? <laughs> All the kids have gone now, so I figured I'd just get a little... <laughs> I was going to say curiosity, but now I'm afraid to. <laughs> We're all curious about your testicles, Gary. I don't think you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. All those curious say so, I. <laughs> so obviously that discussion and that little jokey joke exchange lead us to talk about black holes. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I just want to let I may that not, sink in. I may not be the smartest one on this podcast, but are you calling his testicles a black hole? No, but it's close. Oh, oh, oh. Stop. Because I have rhythm, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes, you do have rhythm, and apparently so do black holes. Because for the first time... See, I'm getting there. It's a transition that works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. For scientists, various levels of the term work. <laughs> scientists have been observing the black hole that's at the center of the nearby galaxy... NGC 1365. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, since I can't, that's hard to say a lot of times, I'm just going to call it um, the Bob Galaxy. Why not just call it Nguk? That, yeah, that doesn't roll off the tongue either. <laughs> Has a glottal stop in it, though. So the, they've been taking pictures with the uh, Nuclear Spectroscopic Telescopic Array, New Star, and the European Observatory XMM Newton Telescopes. They've been watching this this galaxy and looking at its black hole at the center because the idea is that every galaxy has a, a supermassive black hole at the center of it. They may not all be feeding on material and they may not all be visible that way, but some are. And this one is. It's particularly it's a bright. Lot of gravity. So they've been staring long and hard at its accretion disk, and I swear that's not anything <laughs> sexy. Um, it is to an astronomer. And they've been looking for the traces of, I think it's um, X-ray emissions from iron ions. So iron. Why, that, why iron? 
It just happens to be what tur- what shows up well. You're going to say it happens to be what turns on the satellites, weren't you? No. Or telescopes. Never mind, bad joke. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where to go with that one. No, I'm no, sorry. No, just drop it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, if you drop iron that kind of heavy, it would hurt. But the scientists were observing the the emissions of these X-rays from the from the iron atoms as they basically were coming out of the cloud that is the galaxy, and they were trying to determine, do black holes actually spin? It seems like that was the question they were answering, and they found... Spin. By tracing this... Not th- spit. C- spin. I'm sorry, I wasn't enunciating quite <laughs> yeah, well. They, they, they do spit stuff out from their poles. Yes, as, as a black hole sits there and is feeding... As as the matter the matter that goes around a black hole will spin and spin and spin, and emit basically. I, this is all it's, fascinating. It's, it's basically work. the cosmic version of a sit and spin. As a, yes. as a kid sits down and they spin around for so long, then they start throwing up and it just comes up all just like a black hole. So in addition to those energy jets that come up the north and south pole. There's been no confirmation yet that black holes actually spin. They just might just sit there. But you'd uh, think that a black hole either forming from a sun or in the middle of a galaxy that's spinning will pick up sun momentum. Yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me. It would seem to me that a, a black hole at the center of the galaxy would be spinning because that's how you get the whole accretion disk in the first place. Yeah. But there's always been confirmation. Yes. Okay. So it's final confirmation by looking at the patterns of this that not only is it spinning, but they could clock it. Oh. And I did enunciate that correctly. Yes. They were clocking the black hole. Timing it, how fast it spins. Correct. And how fast is it spinning? Unfortunately, I reread the article twice, and I couldn't find anything that because says they, they, it's spinning they did find one. Fast. They did find one that's uh, spinning near the speed of light. Cool. Yes, it's it's but I very. Guess this isn't that one. It's relativistic. <laughs> it's it's close enough that it does wonky things to space and time. Like me. That's the technical term. Wonky. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's what? It's wibbly wobbly and timey wimey. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have comets and black holes and. We have uh, salt water on a moon of Saturn. What? What? Tell me about that. Salt water underneath, uh, under, sea, under ice ocean. Yeah, they, they finally did some, uh, oh, what's his, what's his name? Mike Brown, who also killed Pluto. Uh, <laughs> is this we don't a, like him. This, oh, yeah, is, we, this is a Disney cartoon that I never saw, some kind of weird snuff film? No. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love how that's where you go with it. Yes, that's why you love me, Donna. So they, they did some um, calculations, and it turns out that... Oh, I haven't really thought this one all the way through. Okay. Apparently not. <laughs> Stop. Rewind. So Saturn has a couple of moons, and one of the moons is very volcanic and is spitting out sulfur. Are you sure you're talking about Saturn? I'm talking about Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> and for the listening audience, this is why we don't do live episodes very often. 
well, I'm, looking, I'm looking right at the picture of Jupiter. <laughs> well, we all know that what planet you really had on your mind was Uranus. Neptune. Well, okay, basically, icy moon Europa <laughs> around Jupiter. It's thought that it has an underground ocean. Wasn't sure, but they di- they looking at the mo- the moon. They've said, "Oh, look! It looks like the the surface kind of erupts at certain points." So there's connections between the under under surface ocean and the surface of the planet. Right, and then with- they, they did some spectrometry spe- yes. spectrometry on it, and they found some. Chemicals that aren't supposed to be on the surface, but look like they could come from a salt sea. Right. Mixed with sulfur, so they're getting uh, magnesium sulfite on the surface, and they shouldn't be getting the uh, magnesium. And so they have determined that that is coming from the inside. Did they say why there shouldn't be magnesium on the surface? Because it's not part of the, uh, it's not ice. Okay. It's part of a, part of the salt. It, It should come from like a volcanic rocky interior. Okay. And Europa is covered in, in ice. So the magnesium comes from rock, which means that it's probably coming from inside and getting put up, kicked up and put out through the ice. And, and the neat thing I read about this on kind of a side thing was that because there's these, there's a connection between the surface and the undersea ocean, which means that if we ever send a probe out there to... Yeah. <laughs> Yes, a probe from adamneve.com. If we send it out to Europa, it will be easier to reach the undersea surface if we send it to some place that is close to the ocean because it already has like a broken part of the surface where they don't have to sure. drill down as hard but, but or But then heavy. they also don't necessarily at the beginning need to drill because we're getting stuff from the inside that you can do chemical analysis on. So you can land first without having to drill. Right. And after cool. all, a clean Europa is a healthy Europa. <laughs> this is true. So my question is, if we send a probe out there, what are we going to do about the Wampa monsters? You will have to battle them on your own. Well, you're the one that's sending out things from adamandeve.com. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so maybe they can figure something out to do with it. All right, so I guess we're gonna we're gonna so move on from. I guess that. I guess we should ask if our studio audience has any questions, comments, or concerns about questions? our comments, concerns, space information. Oh, we have another one. Our spacey information. No, really, die. Come on. <laughs> from the Pluto fan club, can we vote Pluto back into planethood? No. I, I vote the, yes. What, what was the question? I'm sorry. Can, can we, we vote? Pluto back into planethood. My answer no. is yes, and I'm still mad at Neil deGrasse Tyson for being part of that committee. I he love him. The, he was it, part of it, wasn't he? It, part it of wasn't it? demoted from planet. It was promoted to king of the dwarf planets. Yeah. Which it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. There's one that's larger than Pluto. Crap. <laughs> there goes my whole argument. <laughs> Yes, and and they are called Plutoids. There you go. Everything is named after it now. Exactly. And it's got like four or five little tiny moons going around it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's up to five now. One of which just got named after Vulcan, which pisses me off. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens because we're sending a probe. Uh, A probe is halfway to... The New Horizons... 
probe. <laughs> I don't know what's going on out there. Okay. Um, so it's halfway there, and this fifth moon is going to cause problems, maybe, with going into orbit. That they've been trying to do a lot of crowdsourcing of images of the Pluto area to help have basically citizen scientists look at pictures online uh. to spot little objects so that when New Horizons go, gets there, they'll be able to see all the little ort objects that are there and can avoid any problems and yeah. do last-minute course corrections, stuff like that. So, so you Pluto fan club over there, it's getting a probe. It's getting, it's, it's getting another satellite, so can't be that bad. So don't, don't be sad. Don't cry. Because... The sat- yeah, but how, how many other planets get a bouquet of flowers? The, <laughs> the sad thing about Pluto is if you look in any science book about the planets or whatever, e- even back when Pluto was still one of the planets, you have the eight planets and then Pluto. Any Pluto image you have in any of those science books is not actually an image of Pluto. Because it's so far away and we haven't had strong enough telescopes yet, we have not actually had an image of Pluto to put in books. You've been lied to. It's either been artist recreations or they've used like one of the moons of Jupiter or Saturn, whichever one Gary apparently is looking at at the time. But, but we, will, we will finally get actual pictures of what Pluto really looks like. Yeah. As and opposed to just a fuzzy dot in the future. We do have some more questions. More questions. Oh, and more, more questions. Um, first question is, how long do we have before the pre-K for SA cultist and kids kill us all? <laughs> My vote is tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> you have tomorrow, wait. people, till tomorrow. How many until the pre-K for... F- for San Antonio, cultists and kids kill us all. Okay, well, all right, it's pre-K, so the kids are, what, three or four now. So... You gotta wait until they reach at least some level of maturity so they have some upper body strength to attack us with. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say somewhere to 12 to 15 years. I'm saying tomorrow. <laughs> okay. We are being asked if we have heard of any U.S. involvement in the Castro Chavez cancer acquisition. The conspiracy that yes. I'm we assuming gave it's conspiracy since we are a skeptical podcast. I'm assuming they're talking. You know, have we heard any good conspiracy theories? No, but let's no. start some. No, well, I have. I I think when I was listening about it on NPR this morning, I heard at some point that some people accused the U.S. of giving Chavez cancer. He actually didn't die. He's living in Florida now <laughs> with Elvis. Answer. <laughs> the, the question from the audience is, what do you give the person who has everything? And Gary's response was cancer. It's exciting. Okay. From Dashiell, we have the question, wouldn't tonight's podcast title be better as Livewire Skeptic? And then Zap. <laughs> Ironically enough... Uh, about a year and a half ago, when we first had a live episode, and we posted it on Meetup to say, hey, come to our live episode, I used a Danger Live Wires icon. So, yes, and get out of my head. Violence. Violent language. 
non-teacher Mike, who's going to, yeah, it's not going to be a pleasant ride home after this question. Prometheus versus Armageddon, which had the better science? The sequel to Prometheus that is supposedly being written right now. Um, if you are not familiar with um, our discussion of Prometheus, I highly recommend you go back. Um, I hated it. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> You're lucky. Um, all of the comments about the bad science really were that bad. In my opinion, on um, uh, what is it? Um, Prometheus. Prometheus versus or Armageddon. Armageddon. Armageddon had bad science. Prometheus had bad scientists. That's no, they had bad science. Sure there was bad science there involved. Well, there's I, I bad think science involved in both. Like the stupid people who get on a mission and they don't know what's going to happen on the mission, or they walk up to a, a strange thing and go, "Ooh, I'm going to poke it," and so it attacks them. And I, I, that's my opinion. I've actually never seen Prometheus. So. They also managed to get to uh, LV four thirty-eight or whatever it was. Four three two one or something. I don't uh, from a star map drawn on a wall. Yep. Yeah, I, that's bad scientists. <laughs> that's just bad. Yeah, it's just bad science. It's bad, 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 bad. No, that's, yes. I, I'd say they're amazing scientists if they can do that. It's bad <laughs> science that they thought it could be done in the movie. Okay, we yeah. also have the question, is bringing multiple Iron Man suits to a fight cheating? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just answer that right now. I don't think so. Spoilers! I, I, I hope you guys have realized I've quit weeding out the questions yeah. because they're all wonderful. Which, Except for the Prometheus question, read? which we will discuss on the car ride home. How does Google rank as a standard of truth? Uh, Google has nothing to do with truth. It just points you in the right direction. Or the wrong direction, depending on hits. Isn't that a yeah. band, a boy band from Britain? That would be New Direction or One okay. Direction. One Direction. Okay. Why do I know that? Um, when is your band, apparently assuming Gary and me, our band? Doesn't matter. Just read the question. Okay. When is your band going to write the redemption ballad covering the full the fall of Dr. Seuss with regard to the American World War II camps for Japanese? That's, uh, um, that's a loaded question. <laughs> So, wait a minute, Does, was Dr. Seuss Never? one of the guards at one of the internment camps? Oh, so he advertised for... He, he advocated that you should turn in your Japanese neighbors. That, that explains the plot of Green Eggs and Ham so much now. Really? It wasn't Hop on Pop? One fish, two fish, blue fish, Nazi or, or fish? Fox I don't know. Socks. I mean, there was a whole thing about the Battle Beatles. Well, to answer your question, when when is our band going to write it? Never, because Gary writes his own songs and I write my own songs. We've never collaborated. Collab- we have never worked together and on that's a- why. <laughs> <laughs> well, s- speaking of the... Nice timing there, Gary. Speaking of the song challenge, like we've said, about every four to six weeks, these two guys are challenged on a song. It usually revolves around the holiday or the, the time Something of year. that's happening in, in, in the month of which that's due. 
Like they wrote some really neat Valentine's Day songs. I mean, Gary well, wrote. A- he did. I hated mine, and we've never performed it ever again. <laughs> yeah, um, I read something like that. Greg in December wrote a really great one to, basically dedicated to his nephew, which was a really awesome song. And so we so we have some suggestions from our listener audience as to phrases. And topics that you all could um, song challenge. Cynical versus skeptical. Kind of, kind of liking that one. Put down he the metaphor. Is cynical. Oh, hold on. She's skeptical. What put, was that? Put down the metaphor. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Gary. <laughs> nice shirt. The birds and the bees. I think that has to go with Fifty Shades of Gary. So we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just keep those two to, together. To, to be fair, I, I understand how all that works. I just had never heard the story of the now, birds and bees. The, <laughs> the interesting thing is with Donna deciding what we're going to do with this next song challenge, which still frightens me, she can choose to use these phrases in any way she wants to. She can assign any number of them, hopefully only a few, uh, not like 20. Yeah, no, all of them. She can assign them to lyrics. She can assign them to, you have to write a song with this title, or it's a theme. So there's all sorts of things Donna could do with this. Um, John Carey has suggested that we have a our word or short phrase of, in America, you have the right to be stupid. This is a very high contender, people. Somebody has suggested the word placenta, just to make Gary blush. <laughs> now, Would, is that the whole phrase? Placenta, just to make Gary blush? Placenta, that... open parenthesis, just to make Gary blush, close parenthesis. <laughs> now, okay, if you included that one, would the whole phrase have to be included in the song? We will, get, we will get a judge's ruling when I've gone through them. Okay, because it, it maybe that could go well with the Fifty Shades of Gary. Where did the brontosaurus go? <laughs> where? 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 I'd just do a cover of Where Did All the Flowers Go and just change the... <laughs> okay. From Not Greg, we have the short phrase of Notorious G uh, bracket... R-E-G, close bracket. <laughs> um, what you talking about? Obviously, somebody's been watching Avenue Q. Or different strokes. Sweet and low. Sweet, Sweet and low, that's the name I used to dance under. Prestige nothing, slash nothing. Oh. protege. Razzmatazz, Monster Deathmatch, Better Than Zombies, Punctuation Differentiation. Oh, jeez. That sounds like a uh, after-school special one. That's Viva La Libertad. It looks like Libertad. It looks like Libertad, okay? It's it's, it's supposed to be said as Cartman from uh, South Park. Viva La Libertad! Yep. Yes, that is the first time I've ever attempted a Cartman impression, and it this sucked. This is the last. <laughs> as well as Kool-Aid in information literacy. Wait, Kool-Aid information literacy? Kool-Aid and oh. information literacy. I like so I, I, I'm going to decide, you know what? I pretty much love most of these. The next song will be 
in America, you have the right to be stupid with the phrases sweet and low, put down that metaphor, and punctuation differentiation. Okay. I would like to thank all of you. I really wish Fifty Shades of Gary had been picked. (laughs) But I, I allowed the cosmos and the fates to decide... Because I, I think that sometime in the near future, where where did the brontosaurus go? That needs to be a song. I, I like that. That's kind of kind of neat. See, they're already working on it. I work with some of the most talented they people ever. The they have a new head. All right. Um, I guess that brings us to lightning round. Lightning round. Ah! <laughs> I forgot that it would keep going. I forgot to stop so, the damn thing. So, the lightning round, in case you haven't been paying attention. Um, what? We're given, each of us are given 90 seconds. What? what? What are you talking about? I haven't been paying attention. It's <laughs> <laughs> where so we're given 90 seconds to um, answer as many uh, fill-in-the-blank questions as possible. It's completely not like... Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me at the end. Definitely not like their fill-in-the-blank quiz. Yeah. Not well, they only get 60 seconds. Yet somehow they managed to get like seven. And the timer begins when they start the first question, not when they end the first question. We do it completely differently. So since we're doing a live show, we would like to invite one audience member to come up and participate with us on the lightning round. Do we have a volunteer? If we don't have a volunteer, we will force one of you to come join us. Do we have a volunteer? Come on. Or we can um, uh, choose a number between one and four. One and five. Okay. (laughs) What's that? Does does anybody have any uh, 20-sided die? (laughs) Random number generator. Okay. Does everybody have an iPhone? Who, Who? Do you have an iPhone? You? Android? Smartphone? No? What do you have? What kind of phone? Okay, so it's a smartphone? You don't have a smartphone? I think the person with a stupid phone should probably get up. Sure! (laughs) (laughs) We have a fourth mic over there. Now, we'll, we'll go through this with Donna and Gary first, or at least Donna or Gary, to give you an idea. We won't make you go last. I, I, it is I, a lightning round, I so believe, speed is of the essence. You know what? I believe that with giving her some, um, I don't know what the word is from that stupid show, the, the clues, whatever. That, that Blues clues? Well, okay, we'll do it this clues. way. I believe that she should have two minutes. If she minutes. hesitates for more than a half a second... Anybody from the audience can yell out and help her, and she will get points if you help her out. Okay. If you're wrong, you'll hear... (laughs) We'll hear nothing. Could you you, uh, speak in the microphone? Do you what? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm at certain how sensitive the the mic is. Okay. I will. Is that about right? Yeah. You can move it closer to your your mouth, and we'll get a a better... uh, All right. Okay. Closer. Let's be a prom. <laughs> Mike, can I borrow your camera? Can I borrow your camera? Oh 
Yeah, my memory card's full too, if you know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, there, it's not full anymore. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So, we're. Donna, Gary, which one do you want to go first? <laughs> I go first. All right. So uh, Gary will time it, and she has 90 seconds to answer as many of these fill-in-the-blank questions as she can answer. Um, and she'll get buzzed or dinged if she gets it wrong or right. You ready, Donna? I guess. All right. Uh, the new website, My Zimbabwe, reports that uh, Shinari Marawa and, un- and an unidentified male were attacked by a lion while blank. Having sex? In a bush. The TSA, the TSA announced Tuesday that they've changed policies, and next month airline passengers, passengers will be able to carry on blank. Pocket knives. And some sports equipment, yes. Um, in Monday's Focal Point radio broadcast, American Family Association's Brian Fisher called secularists and liberals blank. Evil, because he always does that. Stupid, I don't know. The American Taliban. Oh. A pilot for a show called In the Name of Science that will reproduce famous science experiments has been greenlit by the Blank Channel. Uh, Nat Geo. Yes. Uh, in Plano, Texas, protests, threatening emails, and a drive-by shooting of their front window were some of the responses to a new store called Blank. Oh, the condom store. I, I, I Condom superstore, something like that. I don't remember the... It's a condom store. Condom sense. Legislation sponsored by Texas Republican Senator uh, Ken Paxton would ban ban Planned Parenthood and other, quote, abortion providers from providing blank. Uh, Women's health. Sex education materials to public schools. Um, A uh, a study published in JAMA of more than 85,000 women in Norway found that women who started taking folic acid before getting pregnant were 40% less likely to blank. I have a child with um, spina bifida. In this case, they were talking about having a child that came down with autism. I believe that like I believe Mercury. So So how badly did I do this week? You got four correct and three wrong. See, I had an off week this week. You shouldn't have taken a nap this afternoon, Donna. I did take a nap. You should not have. You should have been reading and studying. Doing what? Oh, coffee. <laughs> you don't, you so, don't know what I heard. <laughs> we're just going to, for sake of anonymity, we're going to call you uh, Miss K. How's that? No. Now, do you want to wait until after Gary has gone? Or would you like to I would like to end the humiliation as quickly as possible because I spent this week, you know, in my games instead of in my news feed. So we'll see how this works. Okay. (laughs) We'll give it a shot. Um, The timer will begin when we finish your first question, and I'm sure you'll get some, right? Do you all have some, like, dummy down questions in that group? It's all (laughs) random, so you may get tough ones, you may get easy ones. And I will help because I don't want Gary to Yes, remember, the audience can help. (laughs) Excellent. All right. um, Ready? All right. (laughs) 
Russell Crowe has claimed that while he was trying to uh, capture footage of fruit bats at Sydney's Royal Botanic Gardens, he filmed a blank. A UFO. Yes. (laughs) A new Skeptic Network blog uh, launched this week focusing on skepticism and education, and it's called blank. Skeped? School of Doubt. Uh, Brian Hare from Duke University and his colleagues created a new website called Dognition that aims to crowdsource data collection by giving dog owners experiments to see how their pets fare in blank. Intelligence testing. Sure, intelligence testing. Yes, you got it right with some help. After calling 911, a nurse at Glenwood Gardens in California refused to give a resident CPR because blank. Because it was against their policy and the patient died. Exactly. (laughs) Well, that's a good policy. Uh, Following complaints from users and Twitter, um, Amazon UK removed T-shirts from their website that said, Keep Calm and Blank. Rape. Yep. Uh, There was also some that said, Keep Calm and Hit Her. Oh, nice. Um, A German man dressed up as a bishop and claimed he was a member of the Italian Orthodox Church and he was able to sneak into blank. The little the pick the Pope sessions. The conclave. <laughs> the Vatican. Washington State Representative Ed Orcutt stated in an email that bicycling was not environmentally friendly because blank. Is that the carbon dioxide? Exactly. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> now, I would like to point out that she didn't get help on a lot of those questions. And she got six right and and one wrong. So uh, Gary has the work cut out for him. Uh, Let's see. Hold on. I don't want to ask the same questions. Oh, come on. Why not? (laughs) So I get one question? No. I I just didn't. I I was putting down slips of paper as I was talking. Ask questions. Yes. All right, so last one of the evening for lightning round is Gary. You ready? Me. All right. A German researcher found in a survey of 1,000 migraine and cluster headache sufferers that about one-third of people experience relief from migraines attack when they blank. Had sex. Yes. One of the billboards advertising the American Atheist's 50th anniversary convention... Misquoted Palin. Yes. Durham University uh, researcher Amanda Ellison said the phenomena of blank is not really poor select uh, poor senses; it's selectiveness and impulse control problems. What? <laughs> Whoa! You know, this okay. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, could be. Try you. Hello, hello. Nope. Keep hello, going. keep going. There we go. Hello. Wow. Hello. Okay. Don't touch the cords. I was an accident. Great. Now I have 17 seconds to go. <laughs> 
we could start over. <laughs> okay, let's try that. All right, let's. Yeah, yeah, circumstances beyond our control, and that means that you yeah. don't get asked that question that I obviously didn't write correctly. Beer goggles. Beer goggles. So beer goggles is not bad vision that changes your how you people appear to you. It's actually you're being not selective and having poor impulse control. Not you specifically, sorry. (laughs) One is not having impulse control. (laughs) I I, I realize that just as soon as... I feel a little bit bad now. (laughs) I'm the one who said it. What the hell? She's the one who's drinking. (laughs) All right. We're going to start that again. (laughs) Sorry about that, Gary. That's okay. All right. Question number one again. Uh, Experts from the National Sleep Foundation cited a growing body of research, and the 2013 Sleep America poll found that people who exercise in the hours before bed blank. Don't have a problem sleeping. Correct. Uh, Researchers at the Institute of Bioengineering and Nanotechnology have successfully generated blank from stem cells in vitro. Oh, uh, kidney uh, cells. Yes. Um, in Lumberton, Texas, in lessons of, percep- uh, lessons of Perception on Islam, a teacher allegedly had students blank. Dress up in burqas. Uh, yes. With no hearings and by a vote of 354 to 72, the United States House approved a measure that would authorize FEMA to make direct grants to blank affected by Hurricane Sandy. Uh, uh, religious organizations. By monitoring X-ray emissions from iron ions, astronomers have conclusively measured blank. Black hole spin. Yes. Uh, NASA announced that from September through October, their twin Van Allen space probes detected a temporary third... Uh, Van Allen belt. Yes. Radiation belt. Uh, www.religionnews.com has posted a March Madness-like form that allows users to pick their prediction for blank. Uh, New Pope. Popra. Yes. Um, a study released this week by Lancet found that um, autism, attention deficit disorder, bipolar disease, schizophrenia, and major depression all have blank. A uh, common a good time. No, uh, no, no something D- in vitro. The no ge- same genetic roots. Yes. Oh, okay. Donna got that one. You were about to start with the question. Sure. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Well, you did get seven right. Oh. Plus the one or two from the first time when we tried to start asking you questions. So, Gary is today's queen of the podcast. Yay! I feel like a little girl. <laughs> and yeah, you can go away now. You, you can go now, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Special K. <laughs> Did he call her Special K? <laughs> well... All our listeners are special to us. That just sounds creepy when you say it. (laughs) Everything sounds creepy when I say it. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't it, Gary? Yeah, that whole discussion about the black holes you did? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See, black holes was a symbol. Okay. Well, I think that that pretty much covers it. Yeah, Yeah. we better get out of here before our PA explodes again. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what happened. So thank you all for joining us this week for our 100th 
hundredth episode. Yay! And then, Although I think the next time that we do a live episode, it should just be some random episode, and yeah. not celebrate. You know these these you know arbitrary milestones. Yeah, arbitrary milestones. Arbitrary numeric milestones. Well, <laughs> yes, we should we should do another live show before episode two hundred. I agree. Okay. And someday we will. And See, sometimes by the end of the show, we're really not that funny. We're just tired. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I but, think um, we've reached that point right now. In the next four weeks, and we will be posting it on our Facebook page when the guys do their songs that you all helped out so generously with. Yes. Because I'm waiting Yay. for these. <laughs> <laughs> and is it the end of April? No, it's actually uh, March 6th today. No, what I was asking is, I think sometime soon we're actually, Gary and I are going to be performing musically here in Big Bob's Burgers. That was my question of the end of April, question mark? Yeah, I think April 20-something. Yes. Anyway. April 25th. Apparently, April 25th, Gary and Greg will be performing here at Big Bob's live musical venue. Yay! Um, look for us on Facebook. You can send us an email at skepticwire at gmail.com. Twitter us at the Twitter, Skepticwire. Twitter us or is it tweet us? Whatever. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> and once again, a thank you to Bob Riddle and Big Bob's Burgers for Woo-hoo! hosting us. Your burgers are awesome. Yes. Wonderful food. Come down. Come down. Drink the beer. Stay for the onion rings. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Basically dedicated to his nephew, which was a really awesome song, and we, we still can't believe that he had hard enough to do that. Wow, that was We okay. know you. We know you. It's that black heart. We know all about it. It's not a secret. <laughs> well, seeing how all that horse meat has shown up in burgers in uh, Europe, it looks like they're going to have plenty of horse heads extra lying around for me to dump in your bed. She'll just <laughs> that doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> really? You think that bothers me? Two horse heads. So we, so we have some suggestions from our listener audience as to phrases and you have the right to be stupid. This is a very high contender, people. <laughs> um, I'd just like to point out that I do know about the birds and bees. And, and second of all, I've read Brave New World. No, no, no. No, 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 no Gary, I, Gary, I, we I, were not going to talk hush. about that night in no, the TFC. You hush. You hush. Okay. I've read Brave New World. I know all about the alphas and the betas and the zetas. So there. And the deltas. Um, somebody I has, know they're grown in Petri dishes, so there. Somebody has suggested the word placenta just to make Gary...